Tell me, is it? <laughs>
we had a birthday. Geology on the Rocks turned one. Oh, that's one. right. And yeah, we, we wanted turned... to get the episode and it just Yeah, happen. no, it, it <laughs> didn't. Yeah. We are officially a year old. We're, you know, 36, going on 36 episodes in. So that's I'm going to awesome. cheers you to um, yeah. a year. It's like just cheers all over the place. Cheers to being a year. Man, that's good. It does feel good Man, to be that year good. old. All right. So that was the intros and hellos. Triple Junction, uh, Fanfare. <laughs> It, it still surprises me that we still get people like emailing yeah. us and saying, hey, man, I love the show. And I'm just I love you. Like, I will <laughs> yeah. respond to you all day. So thanks for the uh, the kind words and the messages. We try to get at least respond to you. There's some episode ideas that we're trying to pull together. Like, I know I think Acid Mind is draining this season talking about yeah. something on Mars. We uh, still need to do the careers one. I, the few yeah. people have asked about that. Um, God, it's just I, it's it's hard reaching out. I'm not, not not hard reaching out, but I'm like I'm swamped and I just feel yeah. like yeah. I feel like that we should maybe i don't know do an event or something like uh <laughs> i don't know yeah. a career fair i don't know but we are still trying to work on everything so uh bear with us and yeah so um i guess do would you like to do a little new news yeah yeah okay um let me get a little party waltz going for everyone all right. Well, I figured I would go with the theme of our episode today and discuss current events of the major earthquake. When I pulled this article, it was a little bit closer to the earthquake that struck Haiti, I yeah. guess, a few Saturdays ago. So if you didn't know, a 7.2 magnitude struck the tiny Caribbean nation. Remember like 10 years ago where they had that 7.0 magnitude right. earthquake that hit the island back in 2010. But that one, that, that one was pretty devastating. Like it, I guess the uh, the epicenter was more on the Port-au-Prince. Okay. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So just an idea about how much energy is released during an earthquake is pretty interesting. So I really think that, that I mean, if you don't know, it's interesting that it's not a linear scale. There's a difference between that 7.0 and 7. <laughs> 7.2 magnitude earthquake and it's something along the orders of like uh, the 7.2 the 7.2 magnitude being like one and a half times yeah. larger or bigger than the 7.0 and almost two times as strong so the the energy i guess equivalent released during saturdays or i guess a few saturdays ago deadly disaster was the same release of energy as 63.5 hiroshima atomic bombs just for kind of like a scale yeah <laughs> it's pretty big so it was and it was equal to the hoover dam electricity output for 3.2 months wow <laughs> yeah so it was also <laughs> enough power to power the average u.s household forget this Right, so if you were to the individual, forty one thousand nine hundred and six years, you could. <laughs> Man, if only like natural disasters just helped us like oh, that. Like if we hey, could harness that energy. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's look into it right, right. now. I, I know there's no way. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Or we can think of it as the same thing as detonating one billion eight hundred ninety five million seven hundred forty eight thousand four hundred thirty one <laughs> sticks of dynamite all at once. So that's uh, quite uh. a a big release of energy. So seismologists say that this one was about 80 miles of Port-au-Prince and then the and that's the capital and it had a depth of about 7 miles so it's pretty deep there. Yeah. I guess it's along that Puerto Rican trench. Yeah. So my best friend's actually in Cuba and he said that he actually felt it and like they they had damage in Cuba and wow. uh, so I mean it's really sad and it's a you know a country it's its president was just assassinated you know a month and a half ago and is threatened by hurricanes just like right after like so they yeah. had a hurricane and then they had or I mean they had the earthquake and then a hurricane uh, yeah. tropical depression went through so just overall we wanted to say that our hearts are with the people in Haiti yeah so. absolutely and it's it's really unfortunate because to catch up after that I mean you don't really yeah. regain that infrastructure for 10 20 years 
years, maybe. Yeah, I know. I know I was listening to after, I guess, reports after I heard about their president being assassinated and just hearing like how gangs run the city. And like, I don't think that they have the infrastructure for the power. They were saying like no one in that area, they get 24 hours of consistent electricity. And that's been just going on for, I can't even tell you how long, but could you imagine just like every day, just just, just it being kind of like our Texas uh, winter (laughs) storm where it was just like, is my power coming back on? It's on. Is it going to stay on? Uh, yeah. And I can't even... Uh. No, thanks. Uh, so our hearts are with you. Yeah. And, and so on that note, also, we just had Ida come in and wreak havoc in yeah, Louisiana and Mississippi. And I guess it's moving up tropical storm, you know, mm-hmm. inland. But this is like it happened on the 16 year anniversary of Katrina, yeah. which decimated that area. And unfortunately, then my agency didn't do a great job of <laughs> ensuring the levees were up to, to standing up to the storm. Yeah. This time, though, the billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, put into it. Yeah, they uh, it paid off, I guess. Cause yeah, things are heading are holding up. I may be going down. Um, okay, to assess some levies, but that's unknown. Now, um, so would you just be checking the like the the foundations of them and like the the structural integrity? Yeah, that and like looking for seepage boils. So like if you have a charged sand and enough pressure, okay, then like it'll kind of, yeah, kind of like a tire whenever it gets overinflated. Yeah, and then but it'll start moving material under the levee. Oh, yeah. And so then you're going to lose your foundation material. The levees will then, you know, subside. So wasn't there, I think there was damage where they like the levees held, but they, it still went over the yeah. banks in some parts. Yeah, it definitely overtopped, I think, of a couple of the smaller levees. Yeah. But the, I think the major ones have held up. So, man, yeah. I think it was um, tied for like one of the largest or the fastest wind speeds, but also like yeah. the uh, the low pressure at the I center. Know. Yeah, I mean, it, it hit just short of a category five. I think category five is like a, a sustained sustained wind speed of 157 yeah mile an this hour. one was like 150 yeah, 152 like, 155 the the interesting thing too with that i think with hurricanes is like the the top white the top white the top right quadrant of them is the most destructive because you have to account for the the wind speed of the storm but also the speed of the storm so let's say it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a sustained 150 and the storm's moving at 50 miles per hour you're really getting winds of like 200 miles per hour right yeah so it's like you're adding the the two Ugh. I yeah. don't know. But so, yeah, on that note, like our hearts go out to those folks. I know. Yeah, for I sure. Know. So, I mean, I it just I think that's uh, a uh, a perfect segue into kind of the idea of this episode. It wasn't the idea of this episode when uh, I wrote it. Like, <laughs> yeah. right. So, I mean, it, 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 it I was just like, man, this is OK. This is something different. But yeah. then like these it's, two natural disasters like happened. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. We don't yeah. know. Don't blame us. It's uh, yeah, we, but it, it, yeah. it happens <laughs> yeah. and we don't know when it's going to happen. So we wanted to. I guess bring that so and, and even given that situation that we've seen it, it, it sometimes it seems as if nature has a way to seemingly have a the system of checks and balances really when it comes to these natural disasters yeah. or it, it, it can seem like a, a cruel cosmic joke at times you're like why me <laughs> like right I know, yeah. like, uh, and then at, in other times it seems like it's just pure happenstance like there's no rhyme or reason and it's just this random disorder yeah and that vast randomness of 
disasters, Na- natural <laughs> disasters. They're sometimes the most devastating, right? You know, on typical summer day back in Pompeii, yeah, it was like, you know, you had death rolling in in the form of hot ashes and it fell on the city and it preserved that moment. Yeah, right? I know. Like, like, it's, like it's in there. I just, think I think to that, uh, the mom like holding her, I know. her child. Yeah. And then there's like a dog at their feet. Just yeah. Like a, yeah. And it's like you they didn't expect it. And, no. and so they also didn't understand pyroclastic flow. No, they and, didn't. <laughs> so to get out. But I mean, how do you do that? So, yeah. And then also, yeah, like the pirate. What do they it's, it's, They call them Nue Ardentes. Ardentes. Am I crazy? No. Like I, the N-U-E-E-A-R-D-N-T-S. I just don't know how to say it. No. Yeah, that's how I say it. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, dude. So like the... Yeah, I think to the volcanologist, like a husband and wife, they were like out studying some pyro or volcano in a pyroclastic flow overtook them and oh yeah huh. But anyways, yeah, like to to that end, so like in the Alps, you know, we're talking about natural disasters. You know, families eating breakfast were instantly turned by sudden avalanches into recollections of frozen fractions in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's like all these things. Yeah, Japanese fishermen knitting nets, smoking pipes. Sounds like I something mean, you would do. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel for them. They didn't know what was going to hit them when this ginormous tsunami came rolling in it was set in motion by undersea earthquakes right yeah hundreds of miles away that's so that's the wave heights are like you know 40 feet and they just they didn't know it was coming yeah so it could you just, may you may see it and then you're done <laughs> <laughs> just smoking their pipes having a good day yeah. and something that they probably were like oh i think that was an earthquake but then you know there was no advanced warning of any no, of that so no. but I, I really think that just just from that is like throughout history man has really i know we've talked about it before but they've attributed natural disasters to a divine cause. So for generations, it was believed that the, the eruptions of volcanoes was the cataclysmic expression of dissatisfaction of gods. I know you talked about a story on one of our episodes about oh, uh, yeah. uh, the North American tribes. Yeah. So the, then to, you know, to, to prevent monstrous eruptions, the gods were often offered animals or even in sometimes <laughs> human virgin or child sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste. Like that sucks, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. Ugh. But like also, you know, when the Black Death, it came through Europe in the Middle Ages, it was thought to be retribution exacted from Earth's sinners. Yeah. Right? And that's where we see armies of like flagellants. I hate, like, that word cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know. But, they, you know, they take to the streets and they're whipping themselves. You, With a cat seen, of nine yeah. tails. Like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. Those guys that are just hitting themselves in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's them. <laughs> but, yeah, so they, you know, they would go and punish themselves to try to, I think they do that, you know, to try to make up for the sin of the world. Yeah. So that these disasters don't happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, there's no way. I think of uh, um, Robert Brown. What's the the book? The Angels and Demons. Oh, Dan Brown's. Yeah, Dan yeah. Brown's. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say, but Dan Brown, like Angels and Demons, like that dude, the monk oh, where no. he would like, yeah. Ugh, ugh. but yeah. yeah so ugh. yeah, before they, you know, we really kind of had any idea of what was going on. The age of reason dawned and then the scientific evidence was substituted for divine intervention. So as we see now today, natural disasters are complex and dynamic and they are caused by not just natural forces, but sometimes they can even, uh, we can think of it in the terms of sociological factors yeah so like for example uh corrupt governments you know they absorb food medical supplies like just 
general life-saving equipment. And then like, you know, even the very seed grain that could for future generations alleviate the scourge of famine and starvation, like in Africa, Asia, and then over in the Middle East also. Right, right. But, you know, mass inefficiency is the culprit. So more pervasively, these natural disasters are exacerbated by, you know, simple primal greed. Right. And it's just that immediate manifestation of corruption. Dude, dude, humans, we're like, we're the best, but we're also the worst. We're horrible. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I can't even like. Yeah. So like turning the lens inward, like an egregious mishandling of the AIDS pandemic is what comes to mind. Like here in the U.S., like in the in the in the 80s here and then the U.S. government that for the larger part, they just ignored it. (laughs) Right. So AIDS was the perceived as a disease for homosexual men and drug addicts. And then at the time, the really there was this conservative administration of the time chose to either ignore or condemn, but not treat the disease. So really, in fact, some of the the more conservative representatives and a disturbing echo of thinking from the Middle Ages, right? Blaming and right. So they they postulated that AIDS was actually a form of divine intervention. So I think that we've come a long way since then where medication can almost reverse HIV if it's caught early enough so it doesn't even turn into AIDS. But you know, there's... Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'd, I'd like to think we've came a long way, but our handling, maybe, you know, Definitely, I will just, my personal belief of the last administration of the U.S. mishandled the pandemic we're currently in. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But now, like, I think that our administration is trying to do the right thing. It's just the general public (laughs) are missing. So it's humans are not learning at no. the rate they should. And we have a lot of case history that we can go and learn about. Uh, we're just not. So. I mean, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. Just absolutely. Turning, it's, I, I don't think that the turning the lens inwards, they don't like that very much. No, no, I, never. So yeah, back to it. Like one of the most appealing contemporary examples of human culpability is the onset of the very present and disturbing phenomenon of global warming. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, it, 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 I, I still don't understand people I, that don't under. They, yeah, yeah, we still don't accept it, and they want to argue. Like, right? So again, I, this is this is where. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you no, in yeah, the middle of that. Yeah. So this is where it kind of like I understand. Like, I guess what medical professionals are going through when it comes to the current pandemic that we're in, right? It's because you have like this whole mass of people that do not study the subject at no. all. They don't. They don't care to read about it. They just gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna be parrots and of yeah. the talking heads. Yep. About the vaccines and wearing a mask do they work? I'm like, who cares? Just yeah. do it. But right. So you have those people that are just like actively defying what these experts and medical, all yeah. the trained professionals are like, well, what do I know? Right. So <laughs> the same thing, like I can empathize with them because, you know, when you hear someone saying like, oh, global warming is not real. I'm like, well, I mean, how much have you really right. read about like, it? How much have you studied this? How many, you know, they haven't, uh, they haven't. And, and I think that, you know, people, like to rationalize their views so they'll find the like for for instance like the covid stuff they'll find the one asshole doctor yeah it's like oh this is a hoax it's like for one you should have your practice taken away yeah immediately for saying that and misleading people but anyone will look for evidence that's out there whether it's you know well, um, that's credible the, or not yeah it's confirmation bias yeah. so but like they don't they, they take that one piece they yeah. don't it's not part of the larger volume yeah that they but it, it's and also like a false equivalency it, yeah like it's just getting ridiculous but that's I didn't mean to. No, no, you're, you know, it, it was a good 
place to put that. And, you know, I think that back on like the global warming thing, right? Like we've the evidence of, you know, dramatic deterioration of our planet is mounting. Like in the voices of those who call it theory that has not been proven have grown dimmer. So like in 2007, there was the intergovernmental panel on climate change. Yeah, the IPCC. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. They published a report. It was written by 1500 scientists from 60 countries, right? Yeah. To, they were like, hey, we're going to put the nail on the coffin for all the deniers. Yeah. And then last week, or it may have been two weeks ago now that there was actually a new report that came out. I don't know if you if you read anything from that, but it, it had 1400 scientists warned of irreversible like, yeah. damage from this. So, I mean, it's just imagine the wealth of knowledge that 1400 scientists have that have studied this and do research and, you know, yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, and it's not just that you know you have 1400 contributors to that you also have to have peer review by other people that are also yeah you know experts in that field so it's it's worth reading at least listening to if you are a denier like why like i wouldn't pay you know someone that was an it only guy that sat in front of his computer to go build my house yeah you would pay a a credible home builder well obviously just like these people that get sick with covid like they don't go to their <laughs> internet friends who tell them that masks and vaccines don't work they go to medical doctors yeah, they good. go to the hospital exactly. where it's yeah so <laughs> man but yeah. no yeah yeah so it's just it's a mess so in in the climate change issue is is no exception so yeah. you know we it's generally agreed that burning of fossil fuels and the burning off of the tropical rainforest it's released unacceptable levels of what we call the greenhouse gases into the atmosphere facts the, the facts. facts ding yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just every time you say facts about them go ding <laughs> so yeah so the the greenhouse effect is caused by the formation of kind of like the shield if you will of carbon dioxide and methane so mm -hmm. these are the principal products of the burning of the fossil fuels right and this shield in turn really traps that radiant heat much the way that glass catches heat inside uh, if you will like what the the greenhouses or in a car yeah imagine like your car um on a hot summer day why is your car inside of your car so much hotter it's because that the glass is trapping that heat. right in there yeah and so that that the shield is it's very important <laughs> yeah so um, this is one of the things i ask my students like one on the first day i'm like is the greenhouse effect good and you know usually they associate it with global warming which yeah. it's, it's generally a good idea right yeah but yeah because otherwise the heat from the sun would bounce back into space and we our planet would cool right <laughs> i um, look a little it, bit like mars would, yeah and it would be uninhabitable like um i think i have a note written down here that's like you know negative 65 degrees fahrenheit yeah uh, and that's negative 54 degrees centigrade. Yeah, and I wonder, yeah, yeah, and then I guess it doesn't really differentiate. If at night, it'd probably be even colder than that. Yeah, I mean, this, or it'd be, this may or be just like, an like average. Or just like burn up yeah. during the day and then just be freezing at night. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so for thousands of years, the shield really has remained constrained, kept that way by the absorption of CO2 by phytoplankton in the seas and trees in the forest. But really in the last 200 years, since really the turn of the Industrial Revolution, forests have been, whoa, <laughs> forests have been cleared and the earth's water has become polluted and so the the concentrations of co2 in the atmosphere has increased dramatically from i believe in the the report it was 250 parts per million mm. to 370 parts per million and then some estimates that, they, that they're really going to rise to about 500 parts per million which in turn will result yeah. in a rise in global temperatures by three to eight degrees fahrenheit and that might not sound like much but when that's and that's that's you know exponential at you know compared to like our 
normal rise because we haven't seen a jump like that in the last 10 to 18,000 years. Yeah. Right. So right. the fact that we're seeing that, that the rate is about to jump up like that, it's no longer a linear. No, uh, no, it, nor has it been. And then yeah. just to touch on it briefly, like, I don't know, I, I should have added this in the new news. Like um, I was reading a report the other day that they experienced so, so the first time documented. So they have this station in Greenland on the ice sheet yeah. and they experienced rain for the first time, like oh liquid rain. <laughs> there was enough. I don't know if I wrote it in here. I may have to take this out, but there was something ridiculous about the amount of ice that they lost over the past like week. I don't know where I put that. It may, it may mm, be in here, but okay. it was a obscene amount of. And then so the thing is with that, what the, the problem with that is, is that it's diluting the ocean water. So we know circulation happens based on that density difference. Yeah. So if you dilute it, so oh, sure. we, so we see the actual Gulf Stream weakening. So the whole circulation in the Atlantic Ocean is kind of uh, weakening. That's going to really it, affect biodiversity and it, yeah. and it, it yeah it could throw everything out of whack. I mean uh, that's uh, with the I don't know if it was the Permo-Trassic extinction when you had the breakdown of the thermohaline circulation yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it kind of created that anoxic Ugh. conditions. But yeah, so I really I think at this point like <laughs> it's it's I don't know I I think we're far beyond talking about mitigating and we should really start turning towards acceptance and how we can reconcile these really catastrophic losses that we that we are inevitably going to see in the in the in the I guess short years to come like right I think like even our children and their children are going to be greatly affected so oh absolutely yeah and we'll, yeah. we'll only need to look back to the reports from today and say hey remember when we were telling you like this would happen yeah I mean we we are doing that now with <laughs> I mean that the two reports we were talking about yeah, just the know. language yeah. in itself it's more it's, it's yeah, yeah to uh we're gonna deal with it yeah yeah and and because we don't have a choice but it's sad because you know millions of of the poorer people of the world they're going to be displaced by rising sea levels caused by basically by our civilizations here in the west yeah um the united states is the worst like, yeah we are good god but we don't want to take any responsibility no no out of like sight, how much out of we mind. waste electricity yeah or <laughs> if you take away people's luxuries you know that they worked for right oh yeah oh god like yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, i wanted to bring up exxon mobil so from yeah 1998 to 2005 they gave over 16 million dollars to 43 ideological groups in a concerted effort to discredit science behind the global warming so you know in 2007 britain's britain's royal society of scientists wrote to the oil company they asked it to halt support for groups that misrepresented the science of climate change yeah and their response was <laughs> drum roll please yeah, yeah, right. So this is yet another attempt to smear our name and confuse the discussion of the serious issue of CO2 emissions and global climate change. Like, uh, so like they're fucking phony. Yeah. 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 So that report I talked about earlier when it was released, Oklahoma Senator James Inhofe, I don't know how to say his name. He was the former chairman of the Senate Energy Committee. He repeatedly called global warming one of the greatest hoaxes ever perpetrated on the American people and that the report was a political document, not a scientific report and it's a shining example of the corruption of science for political gain right and then also <laughs> at the same time you have the american enterprise institute promising get this ten thousand dollar payments plus travel expenses to any scientist economist or policy analysis willing to rip the ipcc report as resistant to reasonable criticism and prone to summary conclusions <laughs> that are poorly supported by the analytical work man so that that seems like that's uh the if you don't like something this is kind of just what you do you just oh yeah yeah i 
just you're just prone to summary conclusions. Y'all all think the same. Like there's no it's no real yeah, thought. Yeah, like yeah. the real thought is to uh, stand up and say that the earth is flat and vaccines <laughs> suck and masks don't work. Yeah, it made me think like there was something. There was like a group that was saying that burning of the Amazon was helpful. What? Yeah, they were like there were some scientists that were saying that, and then you look in and they were paid by like some of the industry. Yeah, so it goes to show like uh, you should also you should not. You should re- research the authors, right? Yeah, uh, who they work for, where they're getting their funding from, and yeah. then that, and check their the author sources Absolutely. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you cannot just read headlines. You cannot even just read articles. Like you, if you're gonna have these discussions and be taken seriously, yeah, you, gotta, you gotta do. More. You can't just read the abstract <laughs> and then pull no. like a sentence from the abstract. And and most people don't have that time, which is why you rely on the experts to do it. You know, like I I don't know. Everyone wants to feel like experts, and then yeah. like I do feel like we've become a highly specialized society too. So like, there's yeah, a lot of yeah. information, but I think people they shouldn't get offended to understand that like there's no way that you can know everything absolutely it's just not and like like i don't know half the stuff that you know brian about what you know but like together together we work together and like yeah we have a wealth of knowledge but it's not like i'm discrediting you because i don't you know what i'm saying or nor am i championing everything you say right i'm not you know what i'm yeah and that like i don't want i don't want people to think that i meant um you shouldn't try to educate yourself you that that scientists are always right but if you do it the right way you're going to read not just that one paper or article you're going to read multiple on the subject yeah and so then you have a more well-rounded uh, knowledge of the discussion and i feel like when you do that you it allows you to be critical because i feel like for the longest time when i would read like academic articles i just didn't know enough to be critical so i took it all in yeah but then what you started seeing is like you started reading like okay well this how they like their their framework kind of like how they're coming to this conclusion differs from here so you can be critical and be like what's that difference and then from that you're gonna like okay well i can see where you're right and i can see where you're right but i can also see where you know yeah. how each one are, are wrong and just be critical of, yeah I, I think that's the thing people don't really critically think they want to say that they critically think but being critical about something doesn't mean that you're negatively no, like you're not no, against no. it you're just yeah. you're just saying well how do you know what you know right, right. how do you know that yeah, yeah. So we're getting back to like... Uh, we'll go off on tangents. You know us yeah, by yeah. now, guys. I know, yeah. Out there, um, you know us. Like I brought up ExxonMobil, right? Reel um, it in. Yeah. Reel us back in. <laughs> Not all large corporations charged with polluting the atmosphere went on the offensive. So a major group of firms like Alcoa, BP, uh, Caterpillar, Duke Energy, you know, I can go on and on. The General Electric was one. Yeah, PG&E. Um, PG&E joined with environmental groups, the Environmental Defense, right? And also the Natural Resource Defense Council, the Pew Center on Global Climate Research and the World Research Sources Institute, and they formed the U.S. Climate Action Partnership. So, you know, not all corporations are evil, but people will just throw that out there all the time. But yeah, there, like, there are a, a lot of good. Well, let's. Uh, I'll do all that, but so I mean, like capitalism. Yeah, okay, is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was gonna say like, well, they they do yeah. rape the uh, the, the absolutely, the, the, but but the they're workers. not trying to uh, at least pay they're off scientists. Yeah, too. no, they're they're yeah. at least saying. Hey, we can at least if we're going to destroy something, let it not be the environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So anyways, on to some of Earth's greatest natural yeah. disasters of all time. That, that was kind of like our emotional spill, our maybe? plea to yeah. your emotions and your critical thought. But now we can get into a little bit of the, the geology mm -hmm. and some of the, the natural disasters. So avalanches and landslides is where we are directed first. So okay. um, what I thought we would do is we talk a little bit about what the natural disaster is and then talk about a little bit of or I guess some examples of some of the, the worst ones. Avalanches and landslides. So these natural disasters are usually secondary disasters. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that they're caused by such primary natural natural occurrences as heavy snowfalls, monsoon rains, volcanic eruptions, or earthquakes. For avalanches to occur at all, an avalanche needs it needs an insecure base. Yeah. The, the, the snow that is accumulated upon the mountainside can be loosened by tremors, echoes, or even melting of the snow base itself. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the cause, an avalanche. An avalanche. Avalanche. <laughs> avalanche. It's sudden and un, un, un articulated and violent so it's helped by accumulated force speed big one is gravity right yeah <laughs> yep but they they generally grow in size and in destructive power so as they accumulate loose debris on the path uh, and that can be like rocks soil trees water anything else that happens to be unlucky enough to find itself in its yeah, wake it'd be bad news bears to be yeah, yeah that and then looking at like videos of it just seeing avalanches come you're like oh that doesn't look bad but then it's just like oh F. <laughs> no yeah okay so this brings us to a few of our examples. So that was a, or I guess the other one is like a landslides. It's kind of the same process, but it's like triggered by, you know, loose soils or yeah. we'll get into a little bit here. But I bring to the example is in 218 BCE. So Hannibal's entire army in the Alps. This one was due to the impatience of Hannibal. So Hannibal was a Roman general. I think he was going to, I guess, uh, attack Rome with the army. But <laughs> after being delayed for two days due to a snowstorm, he and his expedition, they resumed their march across the Col de la Traverset Pass in the Italian Alps. And, you know, they waited out. He got impatient and a blanket of snow covered the, the crusted snow of an earlier storm. Mm. And as they began to descend, the animal's feet actually uh, perforated that top layer of snow and yeah. kind of triggered this uh, avalanche. And then that layer actually gave way and dragged the entire fleet of the Roman Empire or the, <laughs> the Roman army into the abyss and snow falling rapidly from high mountains engulfed the squadron. So yeah. in total, Total, get this, he lost 18,000 men and 2,000 horses and reports of several elephants. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. So in an instant, yeah. all gone, all gone. And that's what's so wild is like, like mechanism wise, we're talking about, you know, sheer strength of a material. So like your snow and yeah. your ice has an inherent strength to it. And so when you're perforating it with the animal's hooves, you're disturbing that. And so it's residual strength is not enough to hold up. Yeah. And that's what causes it to just slide. That's how you right? get like, yeah. so I, I think of it like whenever you, if you have like fresh snow and you kind of just like tap it off your like your windshield yeah. it'll just like all fall <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah neat yeah so i got one north afghanistan it's a march 26 1997 okay so this is kind of relevant with the takeover of that country by the taliban yeah this is not politics on the rocks though yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like <laughs> are, i'm sure you have a lot to say about that i don't I, I i okay so my two cents on this and like just know that we all are full of our own opinions yeah, yeah. i was in the army yeah. like okay so everyone everyone was pissed that that Biden and they're blaming Biden that we that we pulled out like we did and they're like oh we should have stayed we should have stayed like oh for one I don't think that we it's been such a part of our culture that I feel like it's 
it's oh, people are like like oh they had their feelings hurt that we don't have to be the world police but two I I, I ask that I invite them to critically think how did they feel back in 2005 yeah. 2006 2007 2008 and like for 15 18 years when you saw that death toll every day oh yeah like they're this is how many soldiers died or when you saw those do like what I can't stand is seeing like those uh, of the videos when they would show uh, uh, Humvees getting blown up by oh, IEDs yeah. like right everyone at that time was like hey it's we time need to, it, it, we need to get out of there Absolutely. now it doesn't matter like just get out of the country and then we get out of the country and then what do they do they're like <laughs> oh we shouldn't have left like yeah. you, you can't win no. and like so just rip the bandit it's gonna suck yes yeah. like it, it, it's terrible but the best thing that Americans have going for us is that we have a very short memory or we don't we say that we care when we don't because <laughs> oh, where were all the point. calls like everyone was pissed on like it still breaks my heart thinking yeah. about the the women over oh, there and like yeah. the the oppression that they are gonna that they're gonna face yeah. but you don't hear that much no and I, coming I, out of it I now. see way more you know Instagram story posts about you know like how like oh Biden messed up but like the the amount of focus on what that civilization is gonna endure because of the new Taliban reign is you don't see it as much. Yeah, no, but um, it's we we're, we're we're quick to forget. So Oh, absolutely, yeah. Why are we bringing yeah, it up? Yeah, we could we could have a a full on political I feel like we we have similar views yeah. on most of that. Yeah. And then I mean like I I feel like we could differ enough to oh, yeah. you know not yeah. sound like we're just an echo chamber. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah. on to the no, avalanche yeah, yeah. in Afghanistan. So, <laughs> so we'll get back to some some geology stuff. But so in 1997 more than 100 workers they were forced by the fighting between the Taliban army and its enemies they had to walk 10 miles from their homes to a bus on the northern end of of the Selang tunnel um, yeah, yeah yeah in afghanistan they were killed when an avalanche buried them so a military move uh, shut down the Selang highway the only road between kabul and northern afghanistan right yeah only automobiles buses and trucks were barred from using the highway in order to keep their jobs workers had to walk by foot through the foothills and through the Selang tunnel where they could catch the bus so well during their trek along the highway, an avalanche was triggered from wind and overburden, so like Aeolian stuff, yeah. right? From the storm the night before, and they were buried in almost an instant. I could, like, yeah, so <laughs> war, what it isn't good for. Yeah, like, I can't even imagine, like, so the, the highway was shut down, so they had to, it forced them to walk 10 miles. So, like, I, I I think I read a report, like, not a report, but uh, reading about this, they would have to get up at, like, 3 a.m. to, like, oh. make that 10-mile journey. And then, God. oh. So then I think to, speaking of war, war and what it isn't good for absolutely yeah. no. <laughs> but anyways this is in the alps tyrol and from the years 1915 to 1918 so this was during the great war world war one so here is one of the often not thought of when you think of war but as we know world war one was fought on many fronts one of the most dramatic and disastrous was in the it was in the, the tyrol or mm -hmm. tyrol i don't know how to say that where the italian and austrian troops battled each other on the forbidding terrain for three years yeah and during that time there was appreciable casualties from gunfire no doubt however by far the most lethal enemy of both armies were in the form of mountains and snow rattled by the explosions of the noises of war the avalanches after avalanches after avalanches cascaded down the alpine slopes burying such villages as marmalada where in one day 235 men were lost buried in their barracks they estimate that the final death toll from avalanches was estimated between 40 to 80,000 oh men. What? You don't hear about that. No, you, you just you don't. hear about I've the never, uh, you've heard, heard about the it. the stalemate between like France and Germany, but you don't hear about the <laughs> the mountain like just 40 to 80,000 yeah. men from avalanches just from the booms and the concussions yeah. from ugh. Uh, just suffocating under snow. Like, or I, hit by a 
boulder that came coming come you know? down with it yeah. yeah yeah it yeah it's not just snow like i think we said that earlier but you know it's 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 all sorts of stuff speaking of the alps and um, terrifying this one is terrifying yeah in switzerland the goldau valley uh this is september 2nd goldau <laughs> man i was where what i was reading something the other day no it was in my seismic class and it was like svalbard <laughs> yeah the svalbard I, like, I was like seriously why is it back here um but this was the year 1806 800 people in four villages they were killed in a matter of minutes I and mean, it was when an entire top of Rossberg Peak in the Swiss Alps, it crumbled and then plummeted into the valley below. So, uh, yeah, it, a thick forest covered the slopes almost to the top of the peak, and this forest remained intact, slid downward <laughs> in one destructive slab, right? And at like ferocious speeds. So, rock, you know, rock ground against rock, shooting geysers of steam <laughs> into the air, it finally erupting in flames as the friction increased. So, these onlookers <laughs> were horrified. They witnessed this flame orange forest fire that rocketed <laughs> yeah. down at hundreds of miles per hour filling up the entire valley and just consumed everything i shouldn't be laughing but just that's like, <laughs> that's comical if i saw that in a movie i'd be like oh that can't happen <laughs> can't be real but it's like yeah <laughs> in guard <laughs> oh uh cobalt. yeah not not funny but just unbelievable yeah right? i'm laughing just because yeah, yeah. i'm just in shock yeah <laughs> so this brings me to so i guess this is kind of like transitioning into landslides okay yeah a little bit of our our heritage so wales and Aberfan, october 21st 1966 so if you're from wales and uh, you know the story you may have heard of it but well this is not necessarily an avalanche but it's a landslide and it involves our genetic roots of Wales Mr. Baggins so the the, the collapse of a slag heap outside of Aberfan Wells on October 21st 1966 caused the worst landslide in that nation's history so 145 people were killed killed with 116 of them being children so an 800 foot high slag heap outside the village of Aberfan was caused by an underground spring that established itself beneath this massive pile which caused failure and sent 2 million tons of rock coal and mud (sighs) crashing down directly towards the the pant glass school which just had begun for the day so it's just like everyone's there so the the quarter mile wide mass hit the school dead center tearing the school off its foundation and it entered any open space crushing everything inside of it wow yeah so Dude, could you imagine our, like could you imagine like dropping your kids off and, and then, then just seeing that happen and then like these people were like running in there and just oh my goodness this is our doom episode yeah it really is yeah <laughs> doom and gloom um so a little the next one is is bad too but I'll just say there's only one person that died. Okay. But it did cause a lot of problems. Okay. Um, but it's one of the more interesting phenomenon. So we're talking about sliding masses of, yeah. of soil um, or rock. And so this happened in Risa, Norway. This particular one is April 29th of 1978. And this region has seen a lot of this. And I'll, I'll explain why. But it's situated in the Trondheim region of Norway. And that, if you're a geologist, should ring a bell because I believe that's where Trondheimite comes from. That's the the where it was named okay and that's mainly um it's an igneous rock i guess yeah plutonic rock that's mainly sodic plagioclase and quartz okay little alkali feldspar which kind of sounds like a tonalite but it's not for whatever reason (laughs) but anyway so petrology yeah 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 but so this this area is one of two large marine clay regions in norway okay and it's notorious for these large landslides it's but it's unique in the mechanism that causes the slides this slide 
It occurred in a farming community. So seven farms and five houses were taken by it. Okay. And so I found this out because it was in a the seismic class that I just took and I got to watch the video. You can look this up. So look up Risa Norway, April 1978 slide, and you can watch it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. It took out seven farms, five houses, and it was a two-stage process. So in short, a farmer, they wanted to expand on to their existing barn and they wanted, they had to excavate out some material and they wanted to place that surplus material uh-huh. against this lake, Lake Botnan, which is right there. They wanted to expand the shoreline so they had more farming area. Okay, so they were just dumping it into the lake yeah, to expand like, outwards? Right. Well, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so they did that, but what happened just as that earthwork was completed, 90 meters of the shoreline immediately slid into the lake. <laughs> and so which you'd be like, okay, you just placed all that material, sure. Yeah. That's not like all that happened. Then all of a sudden, all these smaller slides started just like carving their way up into the entire floodplain area. Really? And so it was like, you know, slide after slide after slide and like, you just see these houses drop (laughs) and like people are running out like and there's these photographers that are just like catching it all well so then you have these smaller retrograding slides they occurred they expanded the slide scarp into the other farm properties properties and that was phase one phase two occurred in a different direction so you know everyone was like oh yeah it's because like it just caused failure on one plane so all the the ones in the immediate area would but then yeah it started happening in another direction away from these slides huh. so what they realized was and one part was really weird like these cracks just like surrounded this one house and it then it just slumped down like into the water so huh. it, it's they realized like hey like there's something else going on i would imagine so because it's not just so what it is is these clays have their marine clays and they'd been sitting there and they had you know originally you have like i was t- talking earlier you have this inherent strength of the material yeah well all the groundwater from the mountains was coming under and it was leaching out sodium from the interstitial spaces of the clays. Yeah. And so it was taking that because the sodium chloride adds like a remolding strength to clay. So like if you have clay that becomes what we're calling a quick, quick clay, which is basically a fluid. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you add salt in, it'll start to solidify again. Okay. So it stripped all that out so that when what really happened is this guy disturbed the, oh, the, the whole yeah by excavating and so then it just basically sent out in this fluid clay that was just sitting there it like was like okay i've disrupted you now you're just gonna flow and it was like full masses of <laughs> soil are just floating out into so, the lake you mean that's 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 crazy but like how would you know if you didn't know you, anything yeah. about the subsurface that's, geology yeah and that's why like you know that region now they if they're building anything they look for that so they test you know you would look for probably electrical conductivity yeah for salts like right? the the wireline logs yeah yeah so i mean like was it so over time so you said so the the it coming out of the mountains and all of i guess the you know, whatever it is the glaciers melt is so is it was it leaching out all underneath subsurfacely and then it was actually like you know um, or was it his actual excavation that started making it all? No, it had been doing. That's why his excavation caused caused it because it was already all leached out. Okay, it so it was so. I mean, it, so it was already like this it, liquid it was layer. And it was just waiting for like just <laughs> and this guy just a little building <laughs> so, on this. And they thought it was just like oh, okay, that just slumped like. But the no, entire thing, like the so like yeah. this whole massive yeah, and area. it's just like you think it's over, and then you just see this <laughs> other like thing of the land floating away. Yeah, so I mean, so I guess it was like really this 
this kind of like liquid layer yeah, yeah. Like that was down there. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh my goodness. And so not only that, then these waves start happening in the lake and they go and flood out a village on the other side. Oh my goodness. So it's just this, you know, it just keeps going. No, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So then liquefaction is also famous for what occurred during the Great East Japan earthquake in yeah. Tohoku in 2011. Man, that's crazy. Those whole apartment buildings. Right. So when we think of the Great East Japan earthquake, right? So in 2011, it was a 9.0 earthquake triggered a massive tsunami and it rocked the whole entire region and the sandy subsurface uh, liquefied and began flowing, which these are nutty things yeah. too. So entire <laughs> buildings and apartment complexes, they fell on their face and it, it, it even caused like some of these dams to fail, which I'm sure yeah. that you're familiar with, with right. uh, being the, the dam geologist. <laughs> and then like really the, the infrastructure was built on reclaimed land that was once covered by large rivers and then bays and even the sea. So I almost think of it like San Francisco, kind of some of that area today, yeah. like, right. And the, the, the fine grained sands and silts are, we think can think of them as low density and then they were saturated. So this is really not good material to build a lot of large buildings on oh, no. or flood control <laughs> structures on. Yeah. So sadly, from all the different modes of destruction that earthquake caused in total, 15,550 people died. Yeah. Dude, that's nuts. And like, it's, have you seen these videos? Like you can actually cause like liquefaction to occur like on beaches if you like start yeah. like moving. And you just, it looks, the ground looks, looks like, like it's just rippling. And that's because it is. And yeah. then like <laughs> what it does too is that, you know, you have like horse space in the water and then you start moving it around and it's causing like the, you can get these uh, sand volcanoes too, which exactly. are really cool. Yeah, sand ejecta. And yeah, everything. and yeah. it's really cool. But then the whole area lowers too because like when it stops shaking that all that water kind of like yeah. it, it compacts it. And you know, they're, they're, for a while we always thought, oh, it's just sands and silts that can liquefy. And we already talked about quick clays, but yeah. you know, greater density soils like gravels, right? Mm -hmm. um, like they were like, oh no, they, they can't. But in Australia, they had an earthquake happen and all this gravel came up and it wasn't the base, the like the road base, right? It was yeah. like a geologic formation. It like just started coming out of the concrete seams and everything. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, so even, you know, larger, like more dense materials can still be liquefied. And like if you have enough force and you've saturated something enough. Yeah. It's, uh, Dude, it's, it's such a weird phenomenon. Yeah. It's like if I took, speaking of like the buildings, like infrastructure built on this, if I ripped the rug out from under you, yeah. that's what happens to the buildings. And yeah, basically. Slide, <laughs> but but they actually it, it almost makes it like a quicksand because like yeah. like you can do this in in a kind of like a container you can fill it full of sand and then you put water in it to yeah. like its limit then you kind of like make it pack it down yeah. and you put a weight on there and you just do this yeah. And then it, it legit, like, then you it starts moving and tilting, and then it just, like, sinks into it. And just topples, yeah. And then whenever the shaking stops, it, like, solidifies again. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and then they what they do is they go back and test its now residual strength. Hey, is it going to happen again or not? Like, do we need to excavate everything out? Yeah. And when you were doing that sound, it, it reminded me, so, you know, I may have to go to Louisiana, but... Two years ago, I went to Tulsa and Kansas because the Midwest had all that flooding. So the levee systems, they were afraid. And they some of them did, fit, like, I think one of them failed. But I was standing on a street on the landward side of the levee. And I was like, oh, you know, there's some water coming out of some of the cracks. Like, I need to note that and need to go look at it. A truck drove by and the whole road just kind of, like, quivered. Because it was <laughs> completely saturated. Oh, I'm, like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> But so what, okay, I know we're getting off topic a yeah. little bit, but like the real Madrid floodway yeah. where they planned explosions 
because it was flooding. They're like, we need to divert this river. And they, yeah. and they flooded this entire area with controlled blasts. They like just blew up the, the levees. And yeah, because it's better than an uncontrolled. Yeah, right. yeah, that's so. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, I think that we have... We have talked about liquefaction. Quite yeah, a bit. no, no, no. <laughs> what I was going to say is let's do... First, let's pay for our upcoming trip yeah, yeah. in in March or April sometimes. Hey, and if you're listening and you think that a, a certain date works better than other dates, let us know. And yeah. let's. we want to be inclusive in this. Uh, we'll try and plan it what date. So we'll do that. And then that brings us into a little bit of... Mineral. Mineral minutes. Mineral. Margarita's eye? Mineral. <laughs> Mineral minutes. Mm. Minerals. Minerals. <laughs> Man, I have missed this. So this yeah. week's Mineral Minute is brought to you by the radioactive hydrated <laughs> cesium potassium hydronium bearing urinal vanadate <laughs> mineral. <laughs> margarita site <laughs> also brought to you by jimmy buffett <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> margarita sites chemical formula is okay i'll just yeah cs k h2o2 no h3o h3o it's hydronium oh my gosh it is two uo uh that's the urinal yeah <laughs> the uranium two, yeah v2o8 then h2o yeah yeah <laughs> Say so that, that that's like nuts, right? So yeah, yeah. so margaritas uh, <laughs> is tabular, typically massive, translucent yellow mineral. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> margarita site has a specific gravity of five point four one calculated, and margarita site is monoclinic in the two M prismatic. Margarita site was first described in nineteen eighty two from the uranium deposits of Margarita's number one mine in <laughs> Sierra Peña Blanca. In the Peña Blanca district of Aldama Municipality, Chihuahua, Mexico. Yes, and Margarita Site's geologic setting is usually found in ephemeral deposits in rhyolite. So, okay, you know, that's okay. where the gas is emitted, oh, yeah, the ephemerals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Margarita Site, it's biaxial negative with a 2V angle of 445.5. Yes, and this is a cesium-rich analog of carnotite oh. seen in the shift of the 001 plane reflection in Margarita Site, which reflects the structural changes caused when the the cesium occupies the sites filled by the potassium and carnotite all right stay tuned for next week's <laughs> mineral to you to you unite i don't tie you next week will be fun i can't say it is it like tie you yamunite yeah tie you yamunite yeah i don't even know man have fun with that Mineral minutes. Uh, mineral. So, man, I've missed that. Man, we could keep going on. I think. All right. So we'll we'll get back to we before mineral minute or margaritas. Yeah, um, we we're talking about liquefaction. We we're talking about it. Yeah, and so obviously that's usually earthquake induced. But yes. So so earthquakes. I guess overrated, but powerful. They've been the cause of many natural disasters, like we heard about during new news. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll continue on with some other types of natural disasters, such as famines and droughts. You know, well, I know we didn't talk about it, but just briefly. So disasters are mercifully brief. And I do think that uh, this is one of those sociological, not sociological, but an earthquake that, that you just mentioned may last for maybe a minute. So a tornado may rip through a town for maybe five to 10 minutes. Hurricanes and cyclones, right? Uh, could be hours. And and measurable floods can be on the order of days. But this has this is not the case for famine and drought. So these are really long-lasting disasters that can go on for decades and their effects continue for generations. So yeah. 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 What about droughts, Brian? 
All right. Well, so droughts, they tend to do their worst on land. Like it's already already arid, right? And where societies are on the margin. So in a world where rains rare, people can cope with the dry year or two, but then rather quickly, wells fail, livestock begin to die. And then your first sign of famine is usually a sudden series of grain price rises at the local markets. Yeah. Within weeks, that'll translate into the beginnings of deprivation of food in the human population. Yeah. So I think like people hear famine, they're like, what? That's kind of like a thing. But so the reason for drought and famine are likewise more complex than those for all other natural disasters. So really along with the nature and the changing state of the earth, there are distinctly human, economic, cultural, and political causes for both drought and famine. And although drought is the most common cause of famine, it is by no means the only one. So in fact, famine can be brought about by just the opposite phenomenon. So, of you know, flood. So other natural causes are heavy rains, unseasonably cold, hot or dry weathers, typhoons, pest infestations, or plant disease so yeah there's so there's four basic kinds of drought you have permanent drought that occurs in the driest climates where you know you can't grow anything without constant irrigation yes seasonal drought that occurs in climates that have defined dry and rainy seasons then you have unpredictable drought that occurs as a result of a sudden reduction in in rainfall and then invisible drought and so this is you know a borderline situation where high temperatures they induced abnormal evaporation and transpiration so that even regular rain showers, they fail to irrigate the crops. Yeah, so this is die. like nutty. So, yeah. and it, it seems like humans often choose to live on farmland that hasn't the slightest chance of supporting them. So we're just <laughs> kind of like crazy in that. And we're like, oh, we'll terraform it. Yeah. And then also humans take a good piece of land in a benign climate and they and they really often turn it into this due to poor maintenance and practices. Yeah. Uh, it turns into worthless dust. We can see that in the Dust Bowl too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so natural causes of famine, they've, that frequently elude human correction, they sometimes occur outside the region that's affected. So drought, it, yeah. for instance, it you know it may occur in the headwaters of a major river that's used for irrigation, but that then will cause famine in an irrigated region hundreds of miles downstream. You know, possibly across a national border. Too. Yeah. So now we're seeing like yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there are also Systems. political forces at play. So I think to the year of 1812, and they used to use the scorched earth policy mm. of the Russians to deprive Napoleon armies of needed resources. However, when they did that, this not only affected Napoleon's army, but also inflicted pain and suffering on the Russian people with the the (laughs) same resources that they destroyed. Yeah, Germany, they also had a policy of starvation in occupied Holland using famine as a weapon of war. Isn't that one of your stories that you brought? You talked about about this area, right? But I think it was for resources. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The war geology, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But so it's nothing new in the late 1970s, the genocide uh, policies of the the Khmer Rouge uh, regime in Kampuchea, in which there were massive deportations of urban populations into the countryside without food or shelter. And this caused over 1 million deaths from starvation. There was also civil wars that have torn down the sub-Saharan regions of Africa in the 80s and 90s and have killed millions with no end in sight. It's still going on today. Yeah, millions of people have died so far from a famine that peaked, you know, between 18 or I'm sorry, 1984 and in 1986, it arrived with greater vengeance in 2003, fueled by natural factors and then also civil wars in Ethiopia and Sudan. Yeah. Uh, and an ethnic cleansing tending towards genocide in Darfur. 
Yeah, that's nuts. So it's like we like, said earlier, humans are not. Cool. Yeah, we're not good. So I mean, it's nothing new too. So yeah. just lastly and briefly, so in the year 1069, following the Norman Conquest in 1066, a famine raged over northern countries of England, and then thousands sold themselves actually into slavery to get out of these conditions, and more than 50,000 others uh, died in a deep and pervasive famine that overran the northern parts of England, and then many were forced to eat horses, dogs, cats, rats, and other loans some and vile vermin and uh records indicate that people even resorted to eating Jeez. human flesh like could you like, i can't even imagine like, hey being... let me have a part of your leg yeah yum yeah yum. okay i got one so india in 1769 so for 18 months through i guess 1769 to 1770 there was no rainfall in the ganges plain of northern india yeah so no rain fell throughout the entire area from the Himalayas to the north and then to the Deccan Plain uh, to the south and from also from Punjab to Assam. That devastation was, was widespread, dramatic, and the, the villages became devoid of humans. Yeah. <laughs> so written reports, they described the scene as the air was so infected by the noxious effluvia. Effluvia? Effluvia, yeah. yeah. Basically, the dead body. <laughs> the scent of dead bodies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that it was, you know, scarcely possible to stir abroad without perceiving it. So I can't even. Yeah. Three million people died in that drought. Could, could you even imagine just like coming nope. up on a city and just like, like you go to downtown death, and it's it, just dead? Yeah. Yeah. So then moving on to floods briefly, at first glance, the cause of floods seem easy to discover and simple to define. So melting snow, frequent storms, heavy rainfall. But these obvious factors form only a small part of the story. So this single most catastrophic natural disaster known to humankind. One study found that between the years 1947 and 1967, 173,170 people died as a direct result of riverine floods, whereas the grand total of 18 other categories and catastrophes including hurricanes tornadoes earthquakes and volcanoes together um so 18 categories <laughs> equal like just say 270,000 deaths yeah I've, you had 174,000 people die from floods um right you yeah. know i guess it's almost half of the amount right of the entire yeah yeah so, and so that floods i mean we could do a whole i think we should and, and like you should yeah, and, and you know, something that might be cool, whether it's this season or, you know, another one, case histories. So we like walk through, you know, a flood and like everything that happened. Yeah. Um, or, you know, we walk through like a geologic problem that had some casualties or, you know, some some major economic problems. I think that would be a, a case study episode would be, I think, a unique aspect. I mean, we haven't done anything like we, yeah. we usually tell stories, but we don't ever like walk through yeah, just, um, how a geologist would think through sure. a problem. Yeah. Let's write that down. Okay. Yeah. Floods, we're going to get to it. We're going to do a a a think, a thinky think ex episode <laughs> for it. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. So um, lastly, let's just talk about a little bit about plagues, epidemics. So in Europe and syphilis, they had an epidemic in 1493. Yikes. <laughs> this one comes to mind. So St. Vitti's uh, dance. So a village actually danced themselves to death. What? Like I think there was like 20, 30 people that they just danced for days and days and then they ended up in comas. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So then there's a, a pestilence and plague of Justinian. Uh, there was a typhus epidemic in 1812. Uh, the blue, the bubonic plague. Is that the Black Death? Yeah. yeah so it's it, a, it was. <laughs> They had an outbreak in, in California, in California yeah, yeah. right at the turn of the century. 
And oh, then, oh yeah. This... And then the and the big one that you know we had a little recurrence. I think um, a few years ago yeah. was the the bird flu. Yeah. Um, so it was the avian flu. But there's an influenza epidemic that you know we know it as the Spanish flu. Right. Right. But they, I do think that they think that it started in Kansas. Like, uh, okay. and then they were sick, and then they sent people to war, and then it spread. Yeah. That's... And then we know that that actually happened in two waves. Like a lot of people died, but then it just came back, and that that's second wave just kind of like what we were going through. Uh, and it's for the same reason. Actually. Isn't there a new kind of a uh, strain going on in Africa right now that's a little bit more? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't handle it anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but, that was in 1918, 1919. Yeah, but that in 2000, what? Uh, 18 2016 is one that like i think really affected kids but it's it's oh yeah yeah it's yeah. the avian flu yeah it's not the swine flu the h1n1 the bird flu but it's it's like zoonotic so like that's kind of what uh the coronavirus is too so it yeah. can go between and be vectors and mutate so yeah. that's why we get a a hodgepodge but yeah anyways i think people get the idea <laughs> then to close things out for a little bit i say we do a little bit of a Right, so right. man, I still like that. I do too. That's so cool. It's, it's, it's so awesome. rad. It's just like a nice little riff. Yeah. Like, I guess briefly, I guess we're gonna kind of like wing this a little bit. So we just wanted to talk a little bit briefly um, what our bands are doing musically and kind yeah. of what we wanted to. I guess another call to action for local bands. Yeah. To reach out. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that at the end. But I got to watch your band play. Yeah. So on Sunday. So like, yeah, like it's nuts. Like so, uh, I think last week just randomly um this national act kind of backed out of this show and our someone in our band is part of this facebook page and was like hey anyone want to play and we're like yeah we'll do it <laughs> yeah it's just it's one of those things i feel like uh if you're a band you just just if someone gives you an opportunity to say yeah i'll do it yeah okay. yeah absolutely. sometimes i think you're in a little bit more of a, a better position being but anyways no I, it was awesome like y'all's i love when you go to a heavy part it's like that tightness is there yeah and it's like you can just you can feel the y'all all are you mm, know yeah yeah no, I and love it. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it, it, just, it just randomly came together, and like the one drawback is that it was on a Sunday night at yeah, ten thirty because, and they didn't shift anything around, so it was like, yeah, well, I guess you're headlining, and I'm like, I Whoa. hate those Sunday shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. but it it ended up being really good, and for once, and I don't know if it's from doing this, like the podcast, and or just being kind of more, in, I don't know, even if in a in a leadership role at you know my place of employment, and just talking in front of students, but I had this much nerves going that's awesome. I, like yeah. i was not nervous yeah. at all like did not it did not phase me i was like man this is i the for once because i know like when i was younger i would get like super nervous yeah like just like on like reasonably uncomfortable and yeah. i have to drink myself to <laughs> just then i would no, screw up yeah. more yeah but i viewed it like this is what i do for fun like this yeah. is this is my outlet and i did it through the pandemic this was my outlet and then so i just enjoyed it like there was a learning that was our first show as a band so there was learning curves about hey the the monitors really do help because <laughs> i couldn't hear yeah. anything that was going on on the side of the stage you couldn't hear me i couldn't half hear the time. you when i was standing in front of you yeah i mean i, I could 
um but it was like you know it, it definitely um the overall the sound was great yeah it's just like he could have turned you up a little bit yeah and then but i i feel like that's where like kind of my thing is i'm a terrible lead guitarist because like not not in the fact that i i, I mean I, I don't feel like i'm a good lead guitarist but I like the idea of kind of like music blending together, kind of like where you can't tell like, is is he playing? But you could definitely tell if I stopped. You could yeah. definitely tell if someone stops, but I kind of like that blended sound where it's not too much over top of anybody. But I do feel like, yeah, I do need to work on um, on some parts, definitely getting like a boost pedal. Yeah, 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 something like that. But no, overall, um, it was freaking awesome. Like I didn't know that was your, I would never have guessed that was y'all's first show. Yeah. It was very tight. Um, but my favorite part, was i think it was your last song yeah your singer just full-on sang opera yeah and it was like holy crap this Dude. is and it was it was perfect it yeah. wasn't you know some people try to pull off a style and you know they're flat they're pitchy she nailed it no but i she, she's that's how she's she's a trained classical that's like cool. musician like and yeah. like singist and yeah no that's our that's our uh we whenever she first did that and like floated that idea of like I'm, i want to do opera during this part we're like do it do yeah. it and like we're like we're closing with that like no matter what because it, it just it's kills so good and yeah. then did you did you realize like how we close the song like our heaviest heavy song that was the breakdown uh of the previous song so oh, cool. it, it was kind of like a uh yeah a, an abridged that. uh kind of like yeah the sandwich yeah so it's like <laughs> No, that's I, how we closed it. So. I love that. I love that stuff. So, I mean, yeah. And then yeah. from that, I mean, like we, I think we're going to have a, a few more shows out of that, like uh, at least once a month now. So cool. we went from like no shows to, to like, uh, yeah, playing yeah. shows all over the place now. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's really cool. And then you, sir, in uh, two weeks, three weeks, yeah, yeah, three weeks, you have your uh, album release yeah, debut. Our, our second LP is coming out. Yeah, man. Time flies, dude. It does. I yeah. remember coming to your first show. It was on a Thursday and it was at, uh, it's not even open anymore. The Grotto. Is it? Yeah, yeah, the Grotto. Yeah. I played an open mic night there once before. I missed that place. Yeah. It was cool. Dude, that show kicked ass. It was fun. Your last show kicked ass and... Like this show, I'm excited because uh, did we we didn't debut leaves. You had you even had a new e, uh, single come out since. Yeah, the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do that sometime. Yeah, uh, that one's like a lot heavier. Yeah, <laughs> you know me. I like, you the, like heavy. the heavy. Yeah, I like the heavy. No, yeah. Um, so we're really excited about it. Um, we announced pre-orders and all that, and they're rolling in. So hell um, yeah, yeah. Looking Dude, forward to it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm going to be there at your show and I'm just going to stand in front of you like you stood in front of me and I'm just going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yours, can, yours is a little bit more high stakes than ours. Ours was a Sunday night. No, and, but what's surprising, we had like 20, 30 people there. Y'all the had the right? most of anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's weird because like if leading up to that, um, you would have, I would have, I was like, oh my God, we're going to play in front of like tens of people, <laughs> like maybe fives of people yeah, yeah. or threes. Like I no. knew you were coming and there was like, a photographer there and there's like four people but then just all of a sudden they started showing up yeah no so that was that was it was neat and i can't wait for y'all show and then i guess um lastly yeah yeah so um we last season we did something different and we featured artists right yes um and it was post-rock heavy and not only just post-rock heavy it was mainly solo artist post-rock except for like coastlands and yeah and us which that that band kicks ass. Yeah. The, the not that any of the other bands did not kick ass. Uh, yeah, they all yeah. kicked ass. Yeah, yeah. Because you did a collab with a couple of those guys. Yeah. Uh, almost all the people, except for two of them, were in a collab with me. Yeah. Um, and we did this really fun 
um, crazy song that just goes all over the place, but it's, yeah. it's super awesome. No, and it was it's a really unique. I, I like the community that y'all have built for yourselves. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, all but great people. We want to build kind of like that community too. So, exactly. um, if you are a local artist and you want to uh, come on, um, I mean, it's not that. The grandest, or not the grandest, I don't want to say that. I don't want to take away from what we've built. I mean, like, we've <laughs> yeah, yeah. We studied, like, grow, we've grown this. Like, I'm surprised that, like, I'm not sorry. I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but, like, it, it just keeps continuously yeah. growing. Yeah. And, you know, new listeners all Absolutely. the time. But um, if you're in the DFW area, we what this is what we want to do this season is kind of, like, feature DFW area bands. And it doesn't matter if you're hip-hop. doesn't matter if you're ska. Well, maybe not ska. If maybe, you're ska, yeah. like... Yeah, <laughs> don't be. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if you're like, yeah, uh, we're, we're uh, not going to discriminate. I mean, are you a barbershop quartet? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm down for anything. And, you know, um, it doesn't matter if you're uh, insanely popular or whatever. You know, we do want to just collectively get people on here. Yeah. And then, we're part of this music scene. We we want to meet new people. Um, and this is a great way. So. I will make this call. I'm like, since I'm not a signed band, like if you come on here. We will do a geology on the rocks. We'll try to make a uh, a band uh, or a show, a benefit show, and oh yeah, and have if you're on the show, we should all at the end of the or at some point in the future all play a show together. That'd so. be cool. We could probably, you know, I didn't think about this, make a Spotify account for our playlist of each season featuring yes. the artist. So we should we'll we'll do that for um last season. Yeah, and then so we'll, season three because I know we did it for the um, season one, season two actually. Yeah, season two, yeah. we did it for the. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The sixteen band so we'll, challenge. But we'll do this to feature artists. That way, you know, we're not only are we we will feature your song during the podcast, but we're gonna throw it up on Spotify and. Yeah, and then we'll promote you in any way we can, and then yeah. hopefully play a show. And I, I, I want to like at least a show or two. Um, this season, go out and actually have some of the fans like show up and like I know. Um, interact yeah. with us. That'd yeah. be fun. Please. So well, I, yes, I mean, speaking of that. I have a show in Fort Worth on, which we may have an episode before that, but uh, it's the 17th. I don't know if we said the date. So if you're in Fort Worth. That's what I was out. talking about. I know, but I don't know if we said the date. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, we said it was two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're in Austin, he has a show in Austin the following weekend. Yeah. Or next night, actually. The next night. Oh, yeah. so they're doing it. They're We're just going. troopers. We're troopers. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I want to so, try and limp into South by. Okay. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Do it. South by Southwest. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I want to. Yeah. Just to, to put it all on there. But yeah. <laughs> so again, if you're a DFW band, let us know. Um, we might feature Brian's band again next week. And then I know I'm going to be, we're going to be going to the recording studio in about a month oh, and yeah. we can do an EP. Nice. Um, but anyways, um, I think that was a fun episode. Uh, yeah. You said you need to be out of here by 10. It's 10 exactly. Yeah, we it's did. Pretty, we did good. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that it was um, I, getting our feet wet, but it's it just feels like uh, it feels like um, normal Natural. with you. Natural disaster. Yeah, natural disaster. <laughs> no. <so. laughs> I just snore. I don't know what that was. But so until next time, uh, let us remind you to be cool. Stay tuned. And keep it on the rocks. Hey, man, I got it that last yeah. time. Cheers. That's going to be a fun little episode. Yeah. And if someone does do hip hop, that would be badass to get a oh, fucking... I can definitely get... Yeah. To get a, a rap over this about geology oh. and about the podcast. I got some... Yeah. 
I've got some ideas. All right. I just don't know how to rap. I don't know. Called action, action. What? That that. But that. I think that 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 vast random randomness of some national. Na <laughs>